Hey everyone, welcome to Awareness with Ashley. My name is Ashley Stewart. I share a first-hand experience of what it's like living with idiopathic intracranial hypertension. You'll hear me call this IIH and migraines. I use my own experience to share what living with IIH and migraines is really like. I came up with a really, really long title at the start, but I kind of was able to narrow it down with a thumbnail. And essentially, when you're talking to someone and they've asked you kind of what you've been through, there's a delicate balance that occurs, especially I find, with trying to emphasize the seriousness of the condition while kind of also downplaying it so that people don't get freaked out. Describing life with migraines and IIH before required a delicate balance of not trying to freak people out but also not downplaying it to seem like it is nothing. Actually, I think I wrote this out a little bit later on, but you'll be more likely to hear me downplay it with strangers or people that I don't know well. Even people that I know well, I actually tend to downplay it. And it's because if I'm not in a particular situation where I feel like I can really be open, honest, and authentic, and nuanced and detailed and all of those lovely big words I just said, that I feel like I'm not doing it justice and that downplaying it just prevents extra questions and so that they kind of get the point of, oh, you're not comfortable talking about this. Maybe it's time to change the topic. And I think that's kind of generally what happens in this case is that I'm generally trying to change the topic away from myself in that situation of the times where I'm downplaying it. And then the times where I tend to emphasize it is when I'm trying to justify the amount of pain I'm in or the way I'm feeling, I'm like, oh, well, I'm going through all this, this, and this. You might find I immediately downplay it again, but those are the times where I generally might say, yeah, this is a pretty serious thing that I'm experiencing right now. Like, some empathy would be great kind of thing. I find that almost everyone has the same reaction, which is they honestly don't really know how to react when you tell them about these particular conditions. They might go into immediately offering advice because of someone in their family who has migraines or what they tried, which people always do that out of, love and they do that because they're trying to honestly help but it actually does the opposite and I wonder too I didn't write this down but I wonder if the being afraid of being offered not so great advice or advice what you've already tried because you're in a different position than what their family member or friend might be at is another reason why I tend to downplay like oh yeah I'm doing fine it's I still struggle and then now I tend to probably downplay it because I look like I'm fairly normal and it reduces the amount of questions. Honestly, a lot of this comes down to the fact that I may be downplaying it because I'm quite introverted. Because I'm very introverted, I'm very selective in what I share and I'm very quiet, particularly when I'm with other people that I don't know very well because it's something that I may not be fully comfortable with in that particular situation. It takes me a long time, I've noticed, to open up and it takes me a long time to trust people. And I don't really know where that comes from, if it's just from being introverted or if there was something that maybe happened in the past where I opened up right away to people and then something happened that broke my trust. You know, that could have happened too and I just don't know why. Contrary to my social media and videos, you almost never hear me talk about life with migraines even though I don't really ever get a day off. I really do feel that I'm used to it, so it may appear that I'm happy and nothing is bad on a particular day or there are some days where I'm the master of disguise and I'm struggling but may not show it. I would say that both of these situations occur. There are actually some honestly pretty good days being that I'm on a preventative that actually does work. So I'll get in an example from last week. Last week I started noticing, oh my vision's a little wonky. Oh, you know, 
having a little bit of fatigue. I'm yawning quite a bit. I wonder if a migraine's starting. A couple hours later, nothing. And then it happened again a couple of days later, and I'm just like, hmm. I think it's the Amavig, honestly. Because the Amavig does so well, there's certain things that I notice, and I think I'm noticing them maybe now more than before because I do a lot more mental work. So I use my brain a lot more, and I'm using my eyesight, I think, a lot more than I used to because I'm doing a lot of stuff with numbers and all of that. And when you're concentrating really hard, you notice when your brain isn't 100%. When I was kind of a cashier before, I didn't really have those because the biggest amount of concentration was packing a bag, which isn't honestly that much. If certain things begin to happen more frequently, it would make me a little nervous, but I don't really notice any differences that would make me more concerned. Some of the symptoms I'm having are very consistent with what I was experiencing with IIH, but the thing is, is with IIH, it didn't go away. So when the IIH was there, I never got a break. And now, like, I'll sometimes get these visual symptoms, but then they're gone in a couple of hours, right in line with where you would think a prodrome phase would be. So I really think it's a response to the migraine and the fact that my Amavig is preventing the the actual migraine phase, which is what it's supposed to do. That's fantastic if that's what's happening. I'm happy if that's the case. And it's kind of only when you look back at the day that you're like, hmm, I wonder if that was a migraine that was stopped by this particular medication, which if it is, it's great. If it's just migraine that didn't manifest, that's even better. It's really, really difficult sometimes for me to tell what is exactly happening until a little later on and then you kind of get the chance to look back and you're like, hmm, I wonder kind of thing. What was happening last week, it was freaking me out a little bit because I've noticed that some of these migraines have had double vision, and if you guys go back in my content, the double vision was a major, major symptom of the IIH, and I use that as a kind of red flag, I guess, of could it be coming back. There's no reason for it to be coming back. As far as I know, I haven't gained any weight again. There hasn't really been any major issues that I've picked up on. I don't really think it's a problem. It's just that if these symptoms become frequent, then I'll start to get a bit concerned. And I've stated that many times before. And I've had migraines with double vision. I've actually had a lot of migraines with double vision, especially in that prodrome phase, as they call it. So those of you who are unfamiliar... Migraines generally tend to follow a particular cycle. So you've got the prodrome, you've got the aura, which is the kind of visual changes that can happen. And then you've got the migraine itself and then the postrome. I used to have a photo, but I don't think I have it anymore. I should make another one of those migraine phases for the stream whenever I need to bring that up. But essentially those kind of initial symptoms happen in the prodrome phase. And it's a pretty much can act as a warning sign that you might be getting a migraine. With me now, sometimes the migraines happen and sometimes they don't. The migraines are so much different than they used to be. It's very, very difficult to explain and I've talked about that before. As I said, I'm a master of disguise, so I might be struggling and I'm even bad at mentioning around people I'm working with that yeah, today might be a bad day. I am not feeling very good. I'm a little bit more open to it now. But before, I hardly ever mentioned it, and there's still a lot of times that I don't mention it. And I know that it's something I can mention, but I just, I don't really feel like it's necessary. Like, I'm there, I'm doing my job. 
it's not really affecting me to the point of not being able to do my job, so I guess I don't really see a point in mentioning it. The point is, though, is if I do start to notice where it's getting to the point where it could be actually starting to interfere with my job, I do mention it because I will say, mm, I might be a little slower today. I'm not feeling that great. The th good thing about it is, especially recently, is that these don't last a whole long time anymore. So they're only likely happening over a few hours. That's another thing that like people don't know about when you're in full-blown chronic migraine is that you don't know when one starts and one ends because they're so frequent that it just becomes one giant long migraine. There's no break. There's hardly ever a break. And now I don't know if it's because I've gone from like so many migraine days a month now down to hardly anything, but I notice it so much now when I get a migraine and it's just like oh and before there wasn't really much there to like give you sign that oh maybe I'm starting this one and start and stopping one this may surprise you but I often spend more time downplaying what I've been through in real life because I really don't feel comfortable answering questions when I'm not in a position to be open authentic and fully nuanced about it I just mentioned this not too long ago if I feel like I can't give the condition, the proper explanation, I tend to downplay it, which thinking about it, is this really a good thing or is it a bad thing? And I think there's a mixture of good and bad in there. You aren't really given the proper time to explain to someone when you're just meeting them for the first time of what you've kind of been through. And this particularly came up with strangers so quickly before because they'd ask me, oh, what are you doing? Like, you finished school, so now what kind of thing? And now I can say, well, I'm working almost full time, but before I was stuck on the couch pretty much all the time. And then you got to get into, feel like you have to justify why. And especially when you're young, I feel like that's even more the case. Oh, why aren't you doing this, this, or this? Well, I've been through like this kind of thing. Sometimes you feel like you're walking away from that going, did I downplay that or did I make it sound worse than what it actually is? There's a, a very delicate balance when it comes to explaining this, especially to people. And when you don't know someone very well and you don't know what they understand or what they have with experience in their own life with family members who have chronic headache or even chronic illness or chronic pain. It's very difficult to know where they might be at with that. Idiopathic intracranial hypertension is such a long name for like a condition that essentially mimics a brain tumor and when you say even mimics a brain tumor, I swear people only hear the word tumor and they're like, oh my goodness, like that sounds really scary. And yeah, it is, but it's not like your brain, I think only picks out certain words that we as a society hear is like really, really negative and leaves out the rest of it. So I often say, okay, it's very similar to chronic migraine, but it's different in the fact that with IIH, your vision is impacted, you could lose your vision if it's not treated in time. The symptoms are like that of migraine, but there's pressure inside your head kind of thing. Like, it's really, really difficult to describe because you're trying to describe something that's considered fairly rare. So the chances that they're gonna know somebody else with that exact same condition is not likely. Meanwhile, I think the reason why I like using chronic migraine, even though it's quite different, 
well, it's similar but different kind of thing is because the chances are that people know someone with migraine in their life is pretty good. Chronic migraine, however, is not so common. So you've got your episodic migraine, which a lot of people I think do know someone with episodic migraine. Those are when you get migraine episodes that are very distinct. You know exactly when you might have a migraine. There's a particular definition that you have to meet in order to meet the definition of chronic migraine. And chronic migraine is very, very different from episodic migraine. It's not migraine in the sense that people understand migraine. It's completely different because like I said, there's not much of a break. You don't really know when one migraine is ending and another is beginning. It's very difficult to describe to someone unless they have episodic migraine. And then you can say, well, imagine that you had this particular migraine for this many days out of the month and that's chronic migraine. But if it's just someone that doesn't actually experience migraines themselves, I find it very difficult to describe because what their understanding of actual migraines is, is nothing like how it actually is. So they're going off of what they understand from media or what they've read or how their best friend is, which they probably don't see during a really, really bad migraine because a lot of us need dark rooms and to be away from absolutely everything when a migraine is really, really bad. I'm also the same way, but it's something that I think needs to be stressed. I find that being a little bit less open leads to less questions and particularly less advice. The one thing I wish is that people wouldn't assume that just because you're young or appear to be very healthy that you've never had any health struggles. People assume this all of the time. It's very annoying and I would just want to stress to people that if someone is young, it doesn't necessarily mean they've never had a health struggle. I've honestly probably had health struggles from the time I was really little. So I've mentioned this particularly when talking about ophthalmology stuff, but I had a lazy eye from very young. I had to wear glasses, I think, at about 18 months old. I seen an ophthalmologist until 10 because they were trying to make sure that my optic nerves were good. So my optic nerves have been giving me problems for a majority of my life. It's just that when I was young, it was a completely different thing. And now it's, well, they monitor them because of the IIH. They're good though now. So hopefully they continue to remain okay. With the IIH, it was a very rough couple of years and the migraines came with that. And, you know, the chronic migraine is only doing as well controlled as it is because I'm on the Amavega and I take care of my lifestyle stuff. And I would say the same thing about the IIH to a certain degree because weight loss has helped me get that into remission. The lifestyle component, I don't really honestly think about it all that much anymore because it's become a part of my life and it's changes I've had to make. But it is an important thing to stress because I always mention the medication first because I do think it's a really, really important factor. But the lifestyle stuff is also very, very, very important as well. And taking care of myself, making sure that I'm healthy is very, very, very important. Because of the complexity of IIH in big words, it's often hard to describe because it's hard to know what people understand about the medical terms and what they don't. You would think this only applies to like family and friends who don't have a medical background. You'd be surprised to know that 
this also applies to people with a medical background. Because it's a rare condition, I don't think many people have heard of it, even in the medical field. And they can kind of break it down if you say the full name of idiopathic intracranial hypertension, but to understand what that actually is, very few people who have medical degrees, and unless they've dealt with either dealing with a lot of hospital admissions or dealing with neurology, or even neural ophthalmology or ophthalmology, I find that they don't understand what the condition is at all because they've never seen it. And that's not their fault. They're not gonna remember everything from med school. Take it easy on doctors as well, especially I would say primary care. They're dealing with a lot of different things and for something that they're not likely to see, I don't think it's fair to criticize them for not knowing what something is or how to handle it. That's why you have the specialist. Now, if you're dealing with a specialist that doesn't know what's going on, that's a different story, which I won't get into. But I think you're going to find that generally people know what you're talking about, particularly in those fields. This particular situation of people not understanding what it is particularly doesn't really happen with actual saying the word migraine as they are pretty common. But as I was saying before, chronic migraine is a completely different situation. When you have the chronic migraine, it's a completely different situation and it's a lot more similar to other chronic illness. Meanwhile, with episodic migraine, I find it's a little bit different because unless your episodic migraine is very close to being the definition of chronic migraine, which I think is even more difficult because there's really no options or very few options it feels like. But with chronic migraine, you know, can kind of meet those definitions and be more qualified to get some of the newer things. It doesn't mean it's gonna help. I'm very, very lucky. I have to admit that one of the things I never talk about, maybe I should do a video on this. Let me know in the comments if you want a video on this, but I think I need to emphasize maybe in future episodes at just how lucky I am to have found something that helps because it's not something that happens for everyone. Some people, you know, and it can happen for multiple reasons. Like you may not be able to tolerate the medication. You may find it stops working. You may find it never works at all. Like I said, I think the reason why I've had such a, such a success with this is because of the reason why I think I have the migraines at all, which I am fully convinced, although I can't prove it, that IIH caused a oversensitization to pain in my brain via the molecule that the AMAVIG works on, which is called CGRP, and made the migraines a thing and then made them worse. And now that I have it controlled well enough that the reason why I've had such good success with it is because that's the reason why I have migraines. And the reason why I say that is because I never had migraines until after I was diagnosed with IIH. Now, the reason why I say this can't be proven, well, there's multiple reasons for it, but the biggest reason I think this can't be proven is because I'm at the age where you can develop migraines as it is. But with never having experienced any chronic headaches until IIH, I'm not fully convinced that this would have happened regardless. So, you know, it's something I'll never know because it's not like I can go back and do a, have something different happen where, you know, you try and prevent the IIH from occurring altogether. Like, that's what it would take. But it would just be interesting to me to find out fully 100% whether it's actually that. In this episode, I'm going to be discussing why I haven't been making much content lately and comparing how far I've come in the past few years with IIH and migraines. I'm going to be talking about just how much more I'm able to do now, with limitations of course, and why I dreamed of the life I have right now a few years ago.